welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Joining me today, the gift that keeps on giving, front of the show, Aiden Conklin. Uh, and we got a lot to break down this week. I want to start with this. I've watched a lot of football in my life. Yeah, I've been a fan of the sport ever since I was younger. I've seen some bad teams, and I root for Nebraska, too. So I watch Nebraska every Saturday as well. And this is post-Polini, Nebraska, when they're not winning anything. Monday night's football game might have been the worst display of football I have ever seen in my life. Like, I've never gotten, like, so frustrated over – because, like, the Bears at this point, I know what they are. I'm usually not upset after losses. They're already out of the playoffs. I'm just watching to see Justin Fields develop. But it was frustrating to watch. I was getting angry. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. That Monday night game was the equivalent of a fart in the bathtub. I think the Bears had a stretch where it was like fumble, missed field goal, like it was a blocked field goal. Uh, and then they had three straight fourth down where they couldn't convert. They were inside the 20 six times, no points. Then, of course, in Bears fashion, they scored at the end. Penalties, undisciplined football. And then on the flip side, you got Kirk Cousins, who's facing a depleted Bears secondary with D Virgin in it, and he couldn't even pick them apart. It was just, oh, my God. Then we got Tevin Jenkins, our rookie. That Justin Fields gets hit. So Tevin Jenkins comes to stick up for him, which I liked. I like to see some fight, especially in a four-win team. You know, you're defending your quarterback. And then this jackass Jermaine Rafetti, he's yelling at him. Oh, horrible. The Bears were on fourth down. You know, instead of, like, the music that usually comes on, like, you know, like when the, you're on defense, like, oh, third down. I think when the Bears are on offense, fourth down, they should have queued up the Curb Your Enthusiasm music because it's just Justin Fields taking a horrible sack, drop passes over the – oh, horrible, horrible. But I will say this. In the long run, I think this game will be a positive for the Bears moving forward. Let me explain. Now, we already know Matt Nagy is going to be gone for the most part, but that was embarrassing. And it was a primetime game. That was one of the most watched Monday Night Football games in Week 15 the NFL's had in the past decade. I think it was the most watched game for a Week 15 game. Huge ratings. Country's watching. The Bears humiliated themselves. So I'm all for the Bears coming out of all these primetime games this year to embarrass themselves. You got your quarterback, Justin Fields, who I think everyone agrees, and I make a lot of excuses for him, but even he looked bad. Like, inexcusable sacks being taken. He fumbles when he's got David Montgomery wide open. Matt Nagy's throwing temper tantrums on the sideline. It's just, it's embarrassing. And you know what happens when you get embarrassed for a lot of people? It usually forces you to make changes. I mean, I used to be in the band. I was a trumpet player in high school. Uh, and I, we had a director, Mr. Warden. Big hard ass. But I was pretty content, you know. With my uh, my second chair, yeah, I get by. I can play everything, you know. And if you got people around, you can kind of blend in, you know, because everyone else is playing. Well, I remember one time, the Morris Rewarder, he's listening to our trumpet section, and he has, he cuts it off. Oh, stop, 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 stop. And so he went down the row. He's like, that trumpet's that that was horrible. It sounded like a traffic jam. So he went down the row, <laughs> and one by one, he had everyone play it individually. And then he got to me, and this is like the equivalent of the Bears Monday Night Football game. I played out loud by myself all eyes watching and I embarrassed myself it was bad he kicked me out of rehearsal it was like go practice and you know what that was that embarrassment so it sparked a change to start practicing and the next year first chair because it motivated me it was a kick in the pants all right got to take this seriously we got to start practicing 
I don't want that to happen again. So if I'm George McCaskey and you see your team getting humiliated on a weekly basis, you got to do like they've just been getting by these past couple of years. Yeah, you know, we'll go eight and eight. We make the playoffs. We're making money. It's a, I think you see now that you need changes outside of just getting a new coach every couple of years. They need wholesale organizational changes. And I hope that embarrassment will be what sparks them to do so. Talk about that game without bringing up the ref because Jesus Christ, this year, and it's, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the worst ref games I've seen on both sides. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was horrendous. It was, it was bad. No, I, all, all around. Now, are you concerned with Kirk Cousins' play in that game against the bad secondary? Now, I know they were missing Adam Thielen, but. I mean, you still had Justin Jefferson. They were playing a bit. Like, there's no starters in the Bears' secondary. Uh, did that concern you at all? Or Yeah, no, it is concerning. Um, I think that's the first bad game that Kirk has had, or at least really bad game that he's had all year. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, like, really for the Vikings' offense to work, Kirk Cousins needs to be able to sell play action because, I mean – Let's be honest, our line is just horrible. Keem Hicks, Roquan Smith, they were shredding him. Uh, the line um, there, so I did not look very good either. So that's unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that it's concerning, but I think really what Kirk Cousins needs, you know, he's he's a pocket passer. That's always what he's going to be. He needs the, you know, extra couple seconds that he gets from selling play action to allow Justin Jefferson to develop routes downfield, allow Adam Thielen to develop routes, because every second that you give Justin Jefferson on a route is, like, damn near 20% chance plus that he, like, beats the receiver. And when they know that every time you're running the ball, it's not, it's not working, we have to horse the ball downfield. They're essentially mobbing um, Justin Jefferson. You can't really trust, you know, young guys like Amir Smith-Marset to catch the ball. So that leaves you K.J. Osborne. And, I mean, K.J. Osborne is good, but that's not the role he should be playing. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what it is at Soldier Field, too. Dalvin Cook, just like, against the Bears, he can never seem to get anything going. And that's one of the best running backs in football. And I think it, – it, it, I just find it funny that, like, against the Bears seems to be his kryptonite. I, I don't think they can ever seem to get him yeah. going. It's unfortunate, too, because it's not like you can have a bounce back. It's COVID now. Yeah, I, that's honestly in all these leagues. And, I mean, at this point, you've already hear, like, the Fauci's of the world shoving it down your foot. But, folks, get vaccinated. Like, if you look, the NHL already got shut down. I mean, the NBA is looking like a G League, all these games getting canceled. You got Nick Mullen starting and Garrett Gilbert. I, they, it, the COVID thing's, like, a real concern because you don't know who's going to play week in and week out until, uh, honestly, like, the day of the game. And that's what's making this betting, like, so difficult. I mean, it's a – uh, we got a sports betting podcast here, but a lot of these games, it's like difficult because you don't know whether the starter is going to get knocked out the day before the game, which uh, it, it's just an interesting kind of circus to, to follow. But um, yeah, I, mean, I would really like to see the NFL improving some of these protocols, the players just generally like taking more precautions. I mean, at this point we've been doing this for, you know, what is this week? 16. Yeah. No, yeah. So like, uh, like, yeah, I think that you should have been, you know, improving on the COVID numbers. And I know that, obviously, you know, Newberry and stuff like that. But you're really, you know, the stuff, you know, Baker Mayfield saying, oh, they tested them after practice, stuff like that. that that's not okay, you know? Right. No, I, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, go spread it. Oh, crap. We just found out he had it. And, you know, with a lot of these guys, too, and you get, like, the Aaron Rodgers of the world that didn't get vaccinated or whatever. 
you're really costing your team because you saw the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. You're costing your team wins by like not doing it. It's very irresponsible. And for a lot of these players, it's kind of selfish because you see see what's going on here. And sometimes it's out of your control. You know, I mean, you can get vaccinated and still still come down with COVID. But uh, yeah, it's just the whole thing's been uh, very interesting to watch. Uh, how so? Sitting at seven and seven, you guys are in a wild card spot right now. Both of these playoff races have been a bloodbath. How are you feeling? Do you see the Vikings today? If you had to put a significant wager on it, do you see the Vikings making the playoffs here? Do they hold on, or do you, do you think they get caught? You know, I, I would put like I wouldn't put more than twenty bucks on it. But I think I think if we win this week, then that that would be like that's the big that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah, is the Rams. Because the Packers, you know, uh, Zimmer has, you know, a lot of experience playing against them. You know, we, we, we beat them earlier, and obviously it would be in Lambeau. But uh, I think that's definitely a game we could win. And then I don't know if the Bears are going to be resting starters or what they're doing. Who knows? But, yeah. You know, I think that's another game. We'll, but I don't know. The Rams, the Rams are very scary, but um, they did not look that fierce against Seattle. No, they did not. I mean, they were missing a lot of people, too. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, speaking of the Rams, well, well, let's shift to this Cooper cup's been going off. And I actually, uh, I saw a ridiculous argument on uh, Twitter that was, they, they were saying, uh, some guy was like, uh, Cooper cup is everything that Patriots fans think Julian Edelman is. And honestly, I agree. Cooper cup is a much better version of Julian Edelman. And that started a whole kerfuffle. But do you think Cooper cup, I mean, he, he could break a receiving record from Jerry Rice yards or touchdown record too. I mean, it would be the 17 game season, but I think he should, he deserves some serious MVP consideration. I mean, I'm getting pretty, I know it's turned into a quarterback award, uh, but um, we saw last year, Derek Henry had similar others to Jonathan Taylor and he wasn't even close to the winning MVP. But I think this year with Cooper cup, I, uh, I, I think I think he has a shot. Uh, do you? Do you? Do you? Would you give Cooper Cup MVP? Whether he's going to win it or not, maybe or not, maybe not. But do you, do you think he's a legitimate MVP candidate? Yes, I'm definitely a legitimate MVP candidate. I think I would. Uh, I mean, you'd probably be looking at uh, him, Jonathan Taylor, and then unfortunately, like Aaron Rodgers, maybe yeah. Stafford. Yeah. I would say so. I think Stafford would be in there, and Stafford's having a good year. Not to take anything away from him, but I. Rodgers, I feel like people are going to get quarterback fatigue. Like Tom Brady, I think, had eliminated himself with that clunker on uh, Sunday night football. Aaron Rodgers definitely could be there, but maybe if you're a voter, you know, he's won it before. You want to mix it up a little bit. But uh, I I really – the odds right now are not too good. It's 33-1 to 1 for Cooper Cup. Uh, but, like, you watch him week in and week out. I don't understand. He just keeps getting open. He keeps racking up yards. Like, I don't understand how you wouldn't put him in the MVP conversation. I think Jonathan Taylor deserves to be right up there, too. But running backs just always get short, short, uh, the shorthand of it. But uh, I think they'll screw over Cooper Cup. I think it's going to go to Aaron Rodgers. But uh, we will, I mean, we'll see. That'll be interesting uh, to monitor. Now, this is a big topic in the NFL world. I know we have our uh, we have a group chat talks specifically football. When this happened, it was a little bit there was a little bit of argument here. Uh, John Harwell decides to go for it for the second time in three weeks to play in the Packers at home. They need a win too. They're in the thick of the playoff race. They decide to go for the win instead of sending it to overtime. They missed it. Personally, I like the decision. I think you got a backup quarterback. You're playing Aaron Rodgers. If you go to overtime, what are your odds of stopping Aaron Rodgers? You hadn't really stopped him most of the game. Um, I think if you lose that coin toss in overtime, you're losing the game. So instead of taking a 50-50 chance, it's like, hey, we're at the two-yard line. Let's score. 
I think he got a feeling for it. And if you listen to the audio too, some people, you can listen to the audio it was released. John Harbaugh was asking everyone like, Hey, do you want to go for it here? Do you want to go for it here? And everyone's like, Oh, he's unsure. He's going to ask everyone. No, I think he was getting a feel because ultimately it's his decision. Like he, he's, he's making the decision to go for it or not. He's not putting it in other people's hands, but he wanted to get a feel of how confident everyone was. Mark Andrews was confident. His quarterback was confident. Uh, I think that it was just a matter of dialing up the wrong play, but I love the decision to go for it. I think you're showing a lot of faith in your team, and I think it goes a long way being aggressive like that, especially near the end of the game. And I think if had they have sent it to overtime, they would not have beaten Aaron Rodgers if they lost that coin toss. What do you think of the decision, uh, and do you think it's going to cost them in the long run? Oh, well, it's definitely going to cost them, but uh, it's tough because it's really mirrored by the fact that, in my opinion, they were on a really bad play. Yeah. But I think from the flip side, and again, like, I, I'm not entirely sold on it, but, I mean, there's 40 seconds left on the clock. You're giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers either way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're asking your defense to stop him. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, honestly, it's it's really tough. I, I don't know. I think that, honestly, they probably would have lost if they had gone for it. But, like, if they had gotten it, they would have had to get, you know, yeah, that is true. Even if you do convert, which is a good point. Like every time you do the ball, Jared Rodgers, he always wins stuff. And I mean, they were cooking on that last drive, but at the same time, like, why would you have Tyler Huntley throw like such a tight window there? Yeah, and I think everyone and their mother knew it was going to Mark Andrews. Like, if you'd watched that game, everyone knew it was going to Mark Andrews. I, it was a low percentage play call. Like, I think. You're going to do that. You have to have a play in your bag that you know, hey, this situation, this is what we're running. And I don't really think they did. So that's where it cost them. Decision-wise, though, I, I was all for the decision. And uh, the execution was the problem. But, uh, you know, it's been a kind of a hot time. I mean, you saw same with the uh, Chargers going for it a lot, and that kind of pissed them away the game. Uh, and I, I, we talked, I talked about that the last episode where I'm not a big fan of taking away points early because I think it comes back to bite you. But I think in this scenario against the Hall of Fame quarterback, you roll the dice. It just didn't work out in their favor. But that division's a bloodbath, man. I, it's, it's up. I, honestly, it's any, anyone's, uh, anyone's division at this point. The Browns with a crushing loss against the Raiders really hurt their chances. The Steelers are knocking at the door. So I think it, the whole thing is very interesting to see um, who runs away with that division. Who do you – I got – I still think the Ravens are going to pull out and win that division. Um, especially once you get Lamar back healthy. I think that'll be a big boost. Who do you have winning that division? You go Browns, Steelers. All right, Bengals still, too, in the mix. Um, so I, who, do, who do you like in that uh, or AFC uh, North? Okay, well, I'm looking at the Ravens schedule here. And they still going to play the Rams, and that's not going to be easy for them. But the, they're also going to play the Bengals this week. I think that, that whoever wins that game is probably like the other one's not going to make it. I personally have more confidence in Cincinnati to win against Baltimore just because Baltimore has just had a lot of games where they really have just not shown up. And Lamar's health is still in question as well. Yeah. Like the Bengals, sometimes they just suck. <laughs> They, they're such a hard team to peg. And, I mean, they beat the Broncos in Denver, but, like, the Broncos, who knows? I've already established that that team's not good. They're a bunch of frauds. I don't trust the Denver Broncos whatsoever. Uh, but, like, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, also the hard part for the, um, 
Bills is, you know, we talked about the Rams uh, being a hard team. They got the Chiefs right after the Ravens. So mm-hmm. that's not like, going to be fun for them either. No, that'll be that'll be interesting. So potentially, you could have, you know, I mean, both these teams are at eight wins right now. Um, one of them is going to go to nine wins this week. And theoretically, if they both lose to those hard teams, you could have it uh, coming down to uh, the Browns and the Steelers, which both probably would be benching their rosters. Yeah. Well, I think what's going to cost the Steelers, that tie to the Lions is going to come back to bite them. I think yeah. that's going to be when the, cause there's going to be a tiebreaker record wise and they're going to have that tie and that's going to, that's going to hurt them in the long run, I think. But that both of these, again, kind of a bloodbath. Now, another big storyline from the last week of football. And I, yeah, I got some strong feelings about this. And I overall, you know what? I'm not a big Tom Brady hater. I appreciate what the man's done. You know, you're witnessing excellence. I appreciate it. But what he got away with Sunday night, you know, running over to Saints coach and basically, you know, he's cussing at him after throwing an interception, a pretty poor interception too. If anyone else did that in the league, we would be having this big, they would be getting blasted over sportsmanship or whatever and whatnot. But everyone's like, oh, it's Tom Brady. He's just being competitive. He doesn't need to apologize. Tom Brady, kind of a bit. Like he's a horrible sport all the time. He loses. He throws all these temper tantrums. He didn't shake Nick Foles' hands after after the Super Bowl. When the Bears beat him on that Thursday night game uh, two years ago, I remember the same thing. He just walked off the field afterwards. Imagine if Lamar Jackson was doing this. All the flack he would be getting. But because it's Tom Brady, we just write it off as competitiveness. And I'm all for competitiveness. But there comes a point where you're crossing the line between being a competitor and just like a poor sport. And I think that's a horrible example, especially for someone that's supposed to be the best quarterback in the game. I you know, it, a, it was a. Yeah. It left a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, if telling another coach, the coach on the other team, to go fuck themselves is not sportsmanlike conduct, I don't know what is. Uh-huh. You know? And we see, you know, you, you know, you're exactly right. We've seen this before from Tom Brady. I think we all see it a lot because he wins a lot, but like, it's not a very good sport. No, <laughs> like honestly, like, as, as somebody who's supposed to be the face of the league, you know, it's just like, dude. Stop. Yeah. You're 40, you know, you're in your mid-40s. Why are you acting like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we get like, it, you're frustrated. That is no different than, like, players, like, you know, pushing each other and, like, you know, the stuff that's going on in, like, the Bears-Vikings game, you know? Yeah. In fact, it's honestly maybe worse. No, I mean, do you remember during that Steelers-Bears Monday Night Football game – the guy, like, was celebrating a sack, and he gets a taunting penalty. And like you said, Tom Brady runs over, he's in his face, and he's screaming obscenities at him. And that's not a taunting penalty? I don't know. Yeah. And then what was that? Uh, there, somebody got a penalty on the Broncos for, like, pointing at a guy and then, like, oh. like a gesture that he was short. That was that so was stupid. Awful. That was – he mosses the guy, and he's celebrating his touchdown, and you can see the ref just glaring at him. Oh, that was – that was a bad one. The taunting calls are out of control, but that one was like, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a taunting rule, like is that not the definition of taunting? Like, you know, I don't I don't know. That uh <laughs> it was frustrating to see. But you know, what are you gonna do? Saints this week, you know, talking about them, they're starting Ian Book at quarterback. Uh so they're down to their fourth quarterback of the season. Taysom Hill didn't last long. Although, you know what? Taysom Hill. He's a two. He's two and zero or two and one now as a starter, I guess. So he's a. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look good, but they're winning games with them. Yeah, I mean, 
nine points. I think he, he did what he needed to do. I think you can definitely credit that win to the defense. Oh, no but, doubt. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't hate a quarterback putting up nine points and winning the game. I, I guess not. Especially when it's basically like, let's be, he's not a, he's, it's a running back out there. Uh, I, if, if Semyon was healthy, I feel like they'd still be starting him, but this is the COVID world. You see some weird Garrett Gilbert. We were talking about this the other night too. They, they plucked him off of the street for the Washington football team. That man is comical, dude. I was having so much fun watching just his goofiness. <laughs> yeah. Like he, it's, it's, it's so it's the shortest drawback just to sit there. And, like, you see players look calm in the pocket. Yeah. Like, Tom Brady looks calm in the pocket, but at least he's, like, in an athletics. Garrett Gilbert is just, like, so nonchalant, just, like, two steps, standing straight up. I mean, watching him play quarterback was the perfect detox from that uh, Monday night debacle. But There's that one play where he's, like, in the pocket. He starts getting pressure, and he gets, like, two steps before he's tackled, and then he just randomly, like, flings the ball to another player. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Now, from that game, and I'm interested to see, and I gave I gave Jalen Hurts a hard time last year, especially because I was a big Carson Wentz defender, and I'm like, you're not getting much better with Jalen Hurts. He's got limitations. But I will say, and I still think he does have limitations. Look, is he going to be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes any day? No. But who is? Watching him, though, bounce back after a couple mistakes. He's clearly playing hurt. Uh, I think he made some big-time throws as the game went along. I think the Eagles have found a quarterback that you can build around. Like, I, I think uh, I think that is a serviceable quarterback they have there. I was impressed by the way he handled himself, especially late in that game. They're playing a pretty good Washington defense. He's about to, He broke Michael Vick's uh, rushing touch single-season uh, franchise uh, rushing touchdown record for a quarterback. Uh, I think, you know, you see some flashes there. I'm a lot more – I am now sold on Jalen Hurts. I'm a lot more impressed by him than I think other people is. I don't think he really gets the, the, the credit he deserves. Um, I don't know. What do you think on Jalen Hurts? Would you would you ride with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback for the next uh, next five years? Uh, probably not. I think if you want to do that, you got to have way more talent around him than mm-hmm. the Eagles have. I don't think Jalen Hurst is really that guy when he gets under pressure. And I think a lot of it, I mean, his mobility is like really, it's like big. And with a quarterback like that, you know, you never know. You know, they take a hit, they get, you know, they get dinged up, injured, they come back, you know, they've lost a few steps, and suddenly it's like, oh, what do we have left here, you know? So, I mean, is Jalen Hurts good? Yes. Is he, you know, playing good this year? Yeah, he's playing pretty good. Um, But honestly, I just like, I just, I don't. I think that honestly, the Eagles' offense right now is just not striking fear into anyone. No, I agree with that. I mean, unless, like I said, you, you got to build around him. He's no elite tier yeah. quarterback. I he's probably like middle of the road. But like before, I thought he was just kind of like a gimmick quarterback last year. Like I think you can win games with him. And the fact that he has his Eagles team, which let's be honest, the new coach and the talent they had before the season. The fact they're in a playoff spot right now is kind of astonishing because I, I don't think they were any good. I still don't think they're that good, but the fact they're 7-7, seven and seven, they're knocking on the door for a playoff spot. I mean, more power to them. Good, good for them. Yeah, the Eagles are a team that is, like, kind of worrying me because, like, the rest of their schedule is, like, divisional cakewalks. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? It's, like, going to be the Cowboys who hopefully are fighting for a seed because if the Eagles get into the playoffs, that is just sickening. That. <laughs> Yeah, I think the NFL, you rethink your expanded playoff team. Although, let's be honest. I mean, it's been kind of fun. The chaos yeah, this year no, has been fun. Very competitive. I'll, I'll give them – I will give them that. 
All right, it's around that time. Let's get in some free money picks. We are 6-0 and in our last two weeks, and we're on an even number week here, folks. We have a huge winning record on uh, even number weeks. Last week, we bucked the trend. We finally, we finally had a winning week on an odd number week, and not only did we have a winning week, we went 3-0. and So let's keep it rolling. I'm pretty confident in two out of these three. Uh, let's see it. I'm taking the Raiders over the Broncos, minus a half. It's basically a pick em. This is a de facto playoff game. This is a huge game this week. Whoever loses this game will have a less than 1% chance to make the playoffs. You win this game, your chance to shoot up to around 15%. So ask yourself, in a must-win situation, do you really want Drew Locke under center? I will take Derek Carr in that game all day. Derek Carr, he's a pretty clutch QB. If you look at all the game-winning drives that he has manufactured, I'll take him. And I watched four quarterbacks play on Monday night. Only one of them looked like a franchise quarterback. Now, I'm not going to say he's better than Kirk Cousins or not, but, like, he was the best-looking one out of the four they had. The man can, he gets it done in crunch time. Uh, when the teams met in week six, Carr threw for 341 yards, 12.5 yards per attempt, and 134.4 rating. Now, he's been lacking lately, but I think a big part of that is he's missing as one of his favorite targets, and Darren Waller. Darren Waller should be back this week, which will provide the offense with a big boost. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Meanwhile, Broncos O-line, they allowed three sacks last week, seven QB hits. In week six, they allowed uh, five sacks to the Raiders and 15 QB hits. So not only you got Drew Locke, an uncomfortable Drew Locke, that is a mistake factory waiting to happen. The Raiders just held Nick Homolins under 50 yards. And honestly, I think Nick Mullins is a better quarterback than Drew Locke. I think you win games with Nick Mullins. Hey, you saw him with uh, the 49ers. He's airing it out. So hammer the Raiders, minus a half. We're going to try this again. Last time we did this a couple weeks ago, didn't work too well. Taking the Bills over the Patriots. They're getting points, plus two and a half. Can Buffalo stop the run? That's going to be the question. They couldn't last game, and it was their downfall. But I don't think the Patriots are winning another game with the formula they had where Mac Jones is only throwing two times. I think Buffalo is going to be honed in on the run. And do you really trust Mac Jones? I mean, last week it was a 74.2 pass rating. He had two interceptions. Uh, So I – I like Mac Jones, but I don't love him. I'd still take uh, the MVP, uh, Josh Allen, over him. Uh, Buffalo's pass defense has been really good, too. They have a 66.7 rating uh, in the overall, which is first in the league, and they're allowing 5.8 yards per attempt, which is also first. Meanwhile, Bill's pass rush, pressure percentage, second in the league, blitz percentage, 12th. So they're going to get after the quarterback, make Mac Jones uncomfortable. Can they stop the run? That's going to be the big thing. I don't think the Packs can duplicate that formula. If the weather's a little bit better, I think Josh Allen's going to have a better game. He's got 31 touchdowns this year, only 12 interceptions, 7.1 yards per attempt, and a 95.5 rating. So I like the quarterback a little bit better. We'll see. Can the Patriots run the ball again? That's going to be the key to this one. But I think Bill's getting points. He got the better quarterback. For the division, sense of urgency, I'm taking the Bills. Finally, this last one's a toss-up. I'm not going to lie, it's a crapshoot because there's a lot of weird games this week. But I'm taking the Jets over the Jaguars, minus one. Another one, basically a pick em. It's a battle for the number one pick. So not a whole lot going into it. And as far as the uh, number one and number two overall picks go, they're facing each other for the first time. Not the most exciting of matchups you would have thought. They each played like hot garbage this year. And they're facing – but both of them are facing poor fat pass defenses. So something's got to give. Two poor quarterbacks this year, but has two bad pass defenses. I think the difference is Trevor Lawrence, he leads the league in interceptions. He's only got one touchdown pass over his last three games. So he's turning the ball over, and the Jets are at home. Which home field advantage, uh, I think, will provide them the edge they need in this one. It's all about the Jets, baby. I'm taking them. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Those are the three picks. I don't know. What do you think, Aiden? Yeah, you hammering. <laughs> right. 
So starting off the Raiders pick, uh, Drew Lock is horrible. He's cover your eyes bad. I, I like that one, especially if Darren Waller's back, because Darren Waller is like a huge part of their offense. Yeah. And I mean, Hunter Renfro's been filling in a few of those gaps, but he's not Darren Waller. And if he's back, I love the Raiders for that. Bills Patriots. It's a little scarier because the Patriots are um, mm-hmm. a much better team than the Broncos, um, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that the last game was an anomaly, and I think the Bills are going to be ready for that run this time. And, again, you can't win as a team that's, like, main strike is downfield. You know, Josh Allen can airing it out when it's, you know, ridiculous weather conditions mm-hmm. and no one can throw the ball. So, yeah, I like that one a lot. You know, Mac Jones has been a little more shaky. Um and honestly, if the Bills are uh, going to, you know, make the playoffs and actually have a run in the Super Bowl like we all thought they would, it's make it or break it time. Yeah. So I do, I do like that pick. Um, Jets, Jags, it's, that's a messy game to bet on just because, like, both of those teams, I feel like, would probably rather lose that game. Right. Well, honestly, the, 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 the same time, yeah. You Robert Sala, who's still trying to prove that he's a good head coach, and his defense is looking pretty good. Yeah, they, I mean, they played they played well last week against the Dolphins in Miami. And the Dolphins coming out of nowhere. Like, they might make the playoffs. No one saw that coming, but um, that, they're making a charge. Brian Flores, honestly, she could get some coach of the year consideration. I think the way he's rallied that team, that's another story. But that was the other point I was going to make, too, coaching-wise. And has Robert Sala been good? No. For a defensive-minded head coach, this year's defensive numbers have been pretty piss poor. But I'll take him over the Jags' interim head coach. A lot of dysfunction over there. So that's why I'll take them. Another game I kind of liked, not really, though. The other one, this was going to be the fourth one I was going to take. I kind of like the Colts minus uh, one over the uh, Cardinals. Uh, And here's why. I think what we've seen with the Cardinals, especially without DeAndre Hopkins, they've looked a little flat these past couple weeks. And I'll be honest, everyone's saying these Cardinals are Super Bowl contenders. I don't wouldn't put them as Super Bowl contenders. What big game has Kyler Murray won so far in his career? I haven't seen it. Colts are dictating the terms and conditions on the ground. I really like the way they're playing. Uh, so I would – what turned me against it was usually if you have a team off of a humiliating loss that's pretty well coached, they bounce back well, which I think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. They just lost to the Lions. So I think they come out with a little bit of a vengeance next week. Uh, but the Colts are another one to monitor. If I had to make a fourth pick, that would be the fourth. But we uh, – yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't see the Cardinals shutting down uh, JT at all. No. I mean, no one's really been able to do it all year. Um, I think the, the Colts are driving, you know. They're a team that really has come out of nowhere and is a very serious threat. And, you know, to be honest, like, I mean, I was looking at the playoff picture. Right now, the Vikings are slated to play the Cowboys if nothing changed, which is pretty ideal. But the other teams I'd want to play, honestly – be the Cardinals yeah. and then the Packers just because we usually play the Packers pretty well. Interesting. Like, you well, take the, definitely huh? rather play the Cardinals than the Rams. I don't know. But signing up for – play the Cardinals than the 49ers. Yes. I, because that 49ers defense is really scary. They are. And Jimmy G, you know, I think he's been playing – the fact he's been able to hold on to his job, because usually you get that new rookie quarterback. Everyone wants to see the shiny new toy. Like Jimmy G has been able to hold on to his job. More power to him. And I agree with you, though. That defense, they are pretty scary. Uh, Cowboys are a team I wouldn't mind playing in that first round. I think they've kind of come crashing back down to earth, but we shall see. All right. Finally, before I let you go, as a sports fan, you get one Christmas uh, Christmas wish granted. What would it be in the sports world? Just like overall. Overall, yeah. I mean, 
honestly, you would you would beat the Vikings making the playoffs. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm yeah, going. If I can ask for anything, I'll ask for a Super Bowl. But like, yeah, pretty fucking far fetched. Yeah, I mean that's like asking Santa for a Mercedes. You know, it's not going to happen. But you know, worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, you know, and if, I, if you know Santa really doesn't want to be generous, you know, maybe I could just ask Delvin Cook to get fucking vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have for you hope you enjoyed the podcast uh enjoy your football weekend i mean the way the COVID thing's going it's a whole football week we've had eight games in the yeah. past 10 games we got another one tonight thursday night football so it's a football fiesta here uh but that's all we got for you thanks so much happy holidays enjoy your football weekend Today's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great gambling tips. Be sure to head to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive articles, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports content.